So before we start, uh, just an observation that I had this morning. Um, I went for a bike ride, and it was crazy. There was at least 10 or 12, like as I was biking all around the place, all around the city, um, there was, yeah, 10 to 12 guys, dudes, uh, in different places on the sidewalk, walking around, carrying flowers. I was like, what the heck is going on? Why are guys carrying flowers around? And I realized, it's Mother's Day. Um, and so if you, maybe if you have a mother, I don't know if you do, like if you, have, if you have a mom, like make sure that you do something for them today. Either pray for them or hug them or give them flowers or donuts or whatever. But it's Mother's Day, so please pray for your moms who made you. Okay, today, so in the, in the gospel today, it is also called um, Good Shepherd Sunday. Um, it is the fourth Sunday of Easter, and I think just one thing that's striking my heart today is the fact that um, we have a shepherd who desires to love you and to protect you and to stay with you always, even if you feel like the shepherd is far away from you. Um, a lot of you are going to be leaving. Um, a lot of you are going to be graduating. A lot of you are just going to be going off and doing something in the summer, and you're not going to be around the Newman Center. And it can happen very easily where you start to feel, yeah, where is God? I'm not in this community anymore. I don't know, like, I may not understand my identity, whatever it might be, that I, that God seems very distant and he seems very silent. And that's why the second reading that Ella read was so beautiful. And it's the, it's from the book of Revelation, which is attributed to St. John, St. John the Beloved, um, one of the apostles. And during this time when he wrote the book of Revelation, it was during the time when Christians were being persecuted. Christians were being killed. The apostles, St. John's brothers, the other 11, were all martyred, were all killed for the faith, and he is left alone. St. John was the only one who was not martyred, and he was actually exiled to an island called Patmos. And when he was exiled on this island, he wrote this book of Revelation. And when we think of Revelation, we can often think of like, oh yeah, Revelation, the one that I really don't understand, the one that talks about death and destruction and Armageddon and Bruce Willis and all these things. And, but the thing is with the book of Revelation, that's just kind of half of it, talking about the end of the world. That the book of Revelation is St. John writing what he experienced here and now with the Lord. That here, just imagine St. John and his heart, that he's on this island, he's been tortured, he's been persecuted, he's not being killed. All of his friends, all of the apostles, everyone that he knows has been killed for the faith. That what, is, what must have been going on in John's heart when he realized, oh my gosh, like yes, I've given my heart, my everything to the Lord, to Christ. I believe in him, I believe in the resurrection, but right now, Jesus, you are so far away. All of my friends are gone, and you seem silent. And this is what John hears when he is reflecting, when he's writing the book of Revelation. He has a vision from the Lord, and it's what we heard Ella say today in the reading. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night within his temple. They shall hunger no more, they shall thirst no more, for the Lamb in their midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That in this moment where he felt like God was so distant, he receives these words, knowing that this is actually happening right now. This is actually the present moment where my brothers, my sisters who have lost their lives for the faith, are, have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
that they are living there with the Lord. And that brought him that hope, that brought him that confidence that even when God is far off, even when he is silent, I can have absolute confidence and hope in him. And that can give us consolation when we are going out this summer and we might feel like God is very distant or silent, that we can have absolute confidence still even when he is far off because he is our shepherd here, he is our shepherd now, and he is present in our hearts always. One of my buddies in, um, he's a priest in La Crosse in Wisconsin. It's sad for him, I know, but he is an awesome guy. He takes, um, he goes to Lourdes because he has a lot of great experiences when he has gone to Lourdes in the past. And he went as a seminarian with some of his buddies to Lourdes. Lourdes is the place in France where Our Lady appeared. It's an apparition where Mary came and God, through Mary, revealed the spring of water where people are healed. They drink from it. They immerse themselves in it. And those who have physical ailments um, or deformities are cured when they enter into the into this spring. And so he went with his buddies and uh, he, they met this, this guy who's in charge of all the miracle stuff that happens at Lourdes. It's an old Franciscan friar who was like, he has tattered brown robes. He's like a thousand years old. He has creases all over his face um, and he's kind of hunched over. So basically Father Connor in five years. And here is this Franciscan friar who leads, he's telling them all about Lords, and they ask him, tell, like, tell us, tell us all these miracles, tell us about your favorites, tell us what's going, like, we want to know that God is here and present and, like, working. And so he's like, come with me, and he leads them into this room, and this whole room is filled to the brim, like, on the walls, on the ground, with crutches, with wheelchairs, with canes that people walked away from like, because they didn't need them anymore because they immersed themselves in the spring. And one of the seminarians who was there, he noticed in the corner, there was this huge, like, wheelchair with this big back and this neck brace, and it looked like this intense thing. And he asked the Franciscan friar, what, what, who is in this chair? Like, what is this story about? And the friar talked about this man who very, very recently, um, he and his wife and his three kids were driving, hit by a drunk driver, his wife, his three kids were killed, and he left that car and, and went to the hospital um, and was paralyzed from the neck down, basically a quadriplegic, um, completely unable to move. Not only that, but his family was gone. For about 30 years, he lived this way. Um, but in these 30 years, he continued to go to mass, continued to go to confession, he continued to visit our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, to read scripture. He, even in those 30 years, forgave the man who killed his wife and his three kids and left him in this wheelchair. And so for 30 years, he was growing in this way until um, some of his friends bought him, um, gave him money to go to Lourdes and to experience possibly a miracle there. He entered into the spring. They lowered him down because he couldn't move himself. And through God's grace, he walked out of the springs on his own, praising the Lord and all around him praising the Lord. And the seminarians, when they were this Franciscan, old Franciscan was telling them this story, they were completely amazed. This is amazing, praising God. Like he is so good. He is like performing miracles. This is amazing. The story is incredible. That is a miracle. And the Franciscan like shook his head. He's like, no, no, no. That's, that's a secondary thing. The great miracle there the most beautiful part of this story is that for 30 years, this man 
after losing his wife, his children, being confined to a chair for 30 years, continued to go to Mass, continued to deepen his relationship with the Lord, forgave the one who killed his wife and his kids, not knowing what would happen in the future, not really even desiring a miracle, but living those 30 years having hope and confidence in Christ, the good shepherd, who is present and who is with him. There have been, there was probably so many times where he knew, he, he experienced that God was so silent, he was so far away, yet what was the miracle? He continued to go. He continued to have faith. He continued to have hope and confidence in him. And that's my invitation for all of us, is during the summer, when it could really seem like God is very far away, or that you may be far away from God, to have Christian hope and to have Christian confidence in him, Jesus, who is the good shepherd, who is with you always, at every moment. And to truly have hope is not just having hope in a thing. The true Christian hope is having faith and having hope in a person, 